And welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Romance. I'm your co-host, Life of Deem. And today we're about to jump into a really great episode. Now, forewarning, I want to let you know early, this episode is going to be broken up into two parts. I know, I'm sorry, don't be upset. But it's going to be broken up into two parts because our booking of our promotions takes such a long time that this would have been a two hour two and two hour two and a half hour episode so what we've done is we've broken it down in this first part i'm going to tell the story about the holidays and how i've been dealing with this holiday season lately christmas isn't really christmasing it's missing some jolly spirit i don't know if i'm the only one feeling it hopefully you understand where i'm coming from but i also tell why it's been a little hard for me to feel that spirit so much around the holiday spirit holiday season excuse me then we get into a very awesome conversation with my guy jack jack had the pleasure of interviewing chavo guerrero last week for the aspen times in interviewing him in regards to his coaching for the iron claw jack not only interviewed him about that but jack has also seen an advanced screening of iron claw he may call it something different i'm calling it advanced screening because i'm not in that field and that's the only thing that comes to mind so we're going to get into depth with that how did he feel talking to someone who was like a wrestling legend and interviewing them about coaching and the conversation and how it flew i oh my god let me take my personal opinion on his interview with chavo jack did an amazing job and you could also find that interview on the aspen times website go over there check it out i don't know if they have a section to leave reviews but please do and let them know how great jack is without any further ado let's jump into the next episode of wrestling with romance also quick side note this episode is going to be part one part two is going to drop january 10th and the reason why part two is going to drop january 10th is because next week right after new year's we have our best of 2023 with our predictions as well as bold predictions of 2024 all right let's get into the episode So, Jack, I know you are not some, you know, you do not celebrate Christmas, you know. I'm Jewish. Uh, Jewish. uh, Proud Jew. Yes. And we love that, you know. (laughs) We love who you are. (laughs) Whatever you want to celebrate is (laughs) to you. Exactly. So, for me, for a lot of years. I once dated a rocket, though. So, kind of Christmas. Or a rocket understudy. We're going to have to double back to that story. Yeah. That's definitely going to have to be a s- interesting. A New York rocket understudy, and now she's a rocket in uh, Ireland. I don't even think there's card games where you can pick out these options. Of <laughs> but that's just me. But um, Christmas was... Like, it was never really my favorite holiday, but it was always the holiday growing up where it was like, I get to spend the most time with my mom. Like, my mom was a single mom. 
busy woman. Um, she did her own cleaning service for a long time. So, and I was, I was a kid in Brooklyn. I was doing, I wasn't always outside, but I was doing my own thing because of how busy she had to be to provide for us. Well, when I say us, me and her. So Christmas, we never really had a Christmas tree. We had a Christmas plant and it was a Christmas plant that would light up and change colors. And that's where we would put our, you know, gifts. Um, she would make whatever she had to do, you know, make do with whatever she could to get gifts and things of that nature. But it was always the smell of like sweet potato pie in the house. Always the smell of like collard greens and mac and cheese. Oh. Our favorite time playing music and sometimes just dancing together. And these are just things that sit in my mind. Um, That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. Yeah. It's moments like that that I miss. Because um, we haven't lived together since I was like 19. And it wasn't really a choice. It was more health and medical stuff for her, having lupus and arthritis. So it was like, you know, it wasn't our choice. It was more of like the cards kind of came and we dealt, we did, we dealed with the, you know, cards that we dealt. So Christmas is always a little bit more difficult. And then my uncle, who raised me, was like a father figure. Um, Christmas was his favorite time. He was, someone that was adopted and he would always every Christmas would uh, donate boatloads of toys for toys and talks. He would always just spend thousands and also for kids who was in um, like cancer wards and stuff like that. Now mind you, would we say my uncle had the most upright government legal job? No, he was a street hustler. He made his money how he had to. But he, this is America. But he also made sure that kids who came from places like he did, you know, didn't need. And um, he's been gone now for about five years. So when I think about Christmas, I think about him being gone. And this year, I lost a good friend whose favorite season was Christmas. So it's the Christmas season has not been very Christmassy for you, boy. It has not been very Jingle Bells. It has not been very. You know, but uh, this past weekend, I spent it with my girlfriend and her family, and I loved it. I had a good time, a lot of laughs, won a lot of stuff. They had a lot of games, and I won a lot of shit. Won me some Chipotle gift cards, some skincare. I won me a lot of stuff here. You know, it's going to be yeah. a beautiful 2024. But she, she's Spanish, right? So it goes yes. like like well into the wee hours of the morning. Like you're winning exactly. shit at 1 a.m. Like it's Vegas at the slot machine. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like I won my last thing. It had to be 1.30 in the morning. And I won like a whole spa treatment. <laughs> like I won like a home self-care thing that had like bath salts. I think I have one right here. Yeah, like bubble bath, like liquid solution, you know, all that. I think I got a bath bomb here. Like I won stuff like that. But I also won a Chipotle gift card, you know, all these types of things. Like and you're family. like, that spa treatment right now would be if I could just go to sleep. By like one o'clock, that little indicator of that social bar that, you know, us introverts have, it was dwindling, but it was, it was blinking. <laughs> it had a check engine light on and I was ready to pull up to the side and just be like, let me go take a nap, please. Cause it was, it was I'll be back later. But, you know, it was a great time, but even with that, it's still the fact of, you know, you miss what you what you're accustomed to. You miss the people that you've grown and spent decades and years with spending it. You know, and most of the times when I spend 
Christmas with my mom is through FaceTime. You know, we haven't seen each other since the pandemic. Like, I legit saw her, like, maybe six weeks before the pandemic started. And that's mm-hmm. the last time we've, we've got a chance to physically spend time. And that was for her birthday, because her birthday is in January. So, it's like, it's, it's, the holidays is one of those things where I'm grateful. I'm a little sad. And also, I'm overworked. Because let me tell you, commissions is beating my ass. You're just getting a collision of fucking craziness right now. It was, it was, it's like, you know what it's like? All right. Remember when, uh, when Evolution turned on Randy Orton? Like, he's already on Batista's, like, shoulders. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, like, on top of the world, you feel good. Gets the thumbs down from Triple H. It's the Christmas season, just like, as soon as it goes like this, just drops you. Getting your ass beat by like old bills. jolly old Saint Nick just put the thumbs down on you. Yep, and it's bills, commissions, emotions, just all whooping your ass in the most brutal way. So, see, I have my own, um, like, uh, you know, like that copayment. Like, I have insurance through my job, but that copayment comes, and I've decided that if America isn't gonna do like free healthcare for all that I'm going to do it myself and mm-hmm. I'm just not paying medical bills. <laughs> I've, I've, this system, I'm just not going to pay it. I just, I got it, that envelope. I opened it up. I've gotten it for like three straight weeks now and I just threw it out. <laughs> come, come find me. I move like every six months. Find me. <laughs> Jackson, come take it from me, bitch. Like, I, come fucking, get it. I fucking dare you. I got $45 on the table right now. Okay? Come inside my fucking home and get it. This is probably... This will probably this, if there's ever a video where they have to review us for monetization on YouTube, this probably will be the one where it gets shot. But there's a TikToker. Um, and he talks about student loans. And he's like, come get it back in blood, pussy. <laughs> it's just like, come get it. And I'm like, that's Jack to the that's Jack to the medical profession. Like, you want your payment back? Come get this shit in blood. <laughs> you raggedy bitch. bitch. Come get it. Spin the block. Come get this money. Come get this. But man, you know, if there's one thing I do enjoy, there's one thing I've learned to be grateful. It's just like moments like this. Like us having moments like this. Or we just talking and laughing. And even over this weekend, just have moments to talk and laugh. That's what life becomes. Because who knows where the hell we'd be at. You know. We could be anywhere else. But I'm happy to be here with you and to anybody who's listening. And that's the thing that makes these holidays so awesome. That being said, Jack hit the intro. This is Wrestling With Romance. And I am Jack Simon. And I, the other co-host, Life of Dean. Uh, I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your uh, girlfriend's holiday and getting brought into that side of the family. Um, it's something I've never experienced. So I, I feel like for our holiday episode <laughs> that we should talk a little bit, a bit about what it's like to be at your girls or at your partner's holidays. The funniest part about it is, so most of our family speak Spanish. I I know how to count up to maybe 15. That's it. <laughs> That's More bien. 
Becky. I understand what that is. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a part where her cousin's like, Kadeem, you've been part, you've been like with us how many Christmases and still don't know how to speak Spanish. So I was just like, yeah. I was just like, yeah. Okay, I see your point. I was like, I, I you you're not wrong, but also it's like, you know. When life is crushing you and you're, you know, entrepreneur and you're trying to <laughs> make it in a capitalistic world, sometimes you don't really think about how to speak Spanish <laughs> you know? until everybody in the room is speaking Spanish and you're just like, you know what would be great if I learned how to speak Spanish. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. But I I have a great time honestly. Like I love her family. Her family treats me like I am just. Like I've been here for years, which I kind of have. We're going on five years together. Yeah. So I mean, you're you know, you're part of it now. Pretty much. Like, I'm I'm there. Like I am family. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not afraid to fight in front of you. Oh, they're yeah. not. Af- yeah, it's real. Yeah. It's just there's not many of that. Yeah. All the but, pretenses are dropped. Of course. I should so, say yeah. But beyond that, man, you know. Holiday season comes with a lot of things. Everybody feels different things on the holidays. So, you know. Yeah, that, that's like a gorgeous level of intimacy. Yeah. If if you're if you can weed past all the nonsense and like be really immersed in another family like that. Yeah. It's like no it's next level. And it's something where I've come to appreciate because I've had essential uh, situations where I was not accepted. <laughs> I was I was vehemently like outward, like outright told, I am not accepted. So it's um, you know, it's kind of cool when it happened. It's something that I never, I never overlook and I never take for granted because I've been on both sides of like accepted and then not accepted. So yeah, ah, Jack, what's on your heart? Well, yes. actually, I know what's on Jack's heart. And I want to tell people what's on Jack's heart because I'm very proud of Jack. <laughs> when it comes down tell to me. this thing that he's about to yeah. lovely oh. talk about. This past week, Jack shared that he was actually interviewing Chavo Guerrero in regards to um, he basically what he, not just him for like his career, but also what he did in regards to the Iron Claw movie as Jack is a film reviewer <laughs> and he got a chance to see a or was that early screening an advanced screening of the iron yes. claw sorry, sorry. you broke bitches i don't know the technical terms sir I'm no well no i friend. wasn't doing that to correct you i was doing that to I'm mock everybody <laughs> but jack had a i i would absolutely say it was an amazing interview did very great because I would have froze up, turned into a damn mark, especially me with Eddie Guerrero being one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I would have ended up asking Chavo thirty fucking thousand questions about Eddie, and then <laughs> just ruined it. But Jack just like the Chris Farley SNL skit where he's talking to like um, Paul McCartney. Hey, hey, remember that time you were at the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> Remember that time you and Chavo were Los Guerreros and were cutting <laughs> promos inside of the convertible? Yeah. That was awesome. I would have asked so many Los Guerreros questions, but Jack did such a masterful job in regards to just being very professional, 
asking him questions that I would never think of as Jack being a, a ski instructing coach. Well, ski instructor slash coach, right? Or is it both? Uh, ski coach. Ski, ski, ski coach. Ski coach slash program director. Him re- relating to him on the coaching part. It was amazing. Jack, please. I want you to get into it. Yeah. I mean, I knew going in that I didn't – there was a couple of things I really didn't want to do. Uh, I won. I didn't want to be the person who's like, so book me a dream match for Zach Efron. <laughs> like, I wrote that question down and I immediately I deleted it. it. I would have did it. I would have fucking did it. Well, I didn't want to do it because I knew he had like, it was media day for him. Like he was right. doing like six hours of interviews, 15 minutes each. Um, I saw on the interwebs, on the Twitter sphere that like people were asking, for like, send me questions to ask Chavo tomorrow, right? Um, from like small wrestling outlets, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't want to do, and I figured he must be getting this question, just over and over and over again. Right. And I've seen even outside of like the pro wrestling world, I've seen how these interviews work, these like fifteen minute interviews work, and it's a lot of like questions like that. Yeah, like it's a lot of like you know they ask. Them like who do you think the next fucking Spider Man should be? Right, uh, and I think I think that's even Barry. This TV show Barry does that lampoons him, but it's still. Anyways, it's a lot of questions like that, just nonsense, viral baiting, bullshit. Right. Um, I knew I didn't want to be asking like who's a better wrestler, Zach Efron or Jeremy Allen White. Right. I like I was like these questions are silly or um I, I also the the question that got the furthest that was a little mark in my in my notes that was a little markish was who would you rather wrestle mm. uh, Jeremy Allen White or Zach Efron but I also okay. I didn't want to be I didn't want to put him in a position that's going to be awkward yeah. or like he has to you know he has to judge the people <clears> that he coached as, as a fellow and that leads me to the second thing. I was like, as a fellow coach, I can relate to him. Yes. Obviously not on his level, but like I've coached World Cup athletes. I've coached kids that are on the U.S. ski team that have performed at nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a bit, you know, I, I understand the pressure that comes with needing results. It, it's two different things. And I, and I figured, the, but it's still, we can find common ground there. Right. And in the interview, he even said a couple times, he said, like, I'm sure as you know. And to set the scene here, like, I literally, I was up coaching, like, working on a mogul course. (laughs) And then skied down and came sprinting in, got on the Zoom with my helmet still on, like, in my ski boots, sent the kids. I was like, okay, go take a lap. Go take a couple laps. I'll see you on the other side. Um ripped my helmet off as we started talking. Like I'm trying to like, I have my bend. I always wear a bandana underneath my helmet. It's a pride and powerful. Uh, bandana, <laughs> which so like, saw, I don't know. He saw pride and powerful. Yeah. Bandana. Oh, he knew you was a fan. He knew you yeah, was a fan. I mean, no, like I'm not lying here. Like I was clear. I'm a fan. Um, no, but I kept that on and then I like slowly took it off and like tried to do up my hair a little. Right. Um, but it was also on the level of like, listen, I'm, coaching like this is my full-time gig i'm running a program here i'm trying to create olympians and he said like you're trying to create that and i'm trying to create uh wrestlers 
And I'm trying to create wrestlers not from scratch, but from uh, an acting perspective. I will tell people who, because unfortunately, we was trying to see if we could actually get the video. Yeah, okay, a video or just a version of the audio. I'm still working on it. Yeah. It's possible, like, that we can get clips. Um, Yeah, and make something happen. She, my editor, has to ask the powers that be. I will tell people, I didn't know what the fuck this Jack had on when I first saw this thing come on. He looked like, if anybody's played Grand Theft Auto V, he looked like one of the people that was in the trailer parks when you first meet Trevor. <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was just like, Jack, what the fuck do you have on while you're talking to Chapa Guerrero? That's my that's how that's my uniform. That's my work uniform. I have on the bandana and I have I wear like a shearling vest underneath that like seals in the heat and has a nice hood that I can put up and keep my well, sides warm. Also, I think it was like I don't know if it was a co- uh, Carhartt or whatever it looked type of jacket you had on or whatever it was, but that with the bandana it definitely gave me Breaking Bad trailer park. No, well, yeah, what you saw was the shielding vest because on okay. top is my is my like coach's jacket. Yeah, okay, because it definitely gave me Breaking Bad trailer park for a second. <laughs> and that's how I'm just to talk to Chavo Guerrero. It was surreal for like going once I'm there. I'm, I'm able to be very present in the moment. I think that also comes from coaching yeah. um, and competing and coaching and competing in an individual sport where, you know, it's a lonely fucking place in the gate and it's a lonely place uh, at the bottom of the run when you're looking up at it, just hoping against hope that your athlete does well, yeah. that I'm able to close off and be present in the moment. But coming in, I was like, I can't, like I watched this guy growing up like when I was in middle school, when I was in elementary school, I watched this guy wrestle. Shit, for me, element, yeah, elementary, middle school for both of us. Cause shit, I've been watching him since WCW days. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, and he goes way back, and so it was a very cool moment, especially as I, I did it <clears> like, <throat> where I was, I was impressed with myself, which I don't really allow moments like that into my life my 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 mom insists i'm way too hard on myself like whenever i get a new gig or a promotion or a film she's like are you excited and i'm no and that's the truth like i'm not excited to me it's just work like it's right it's just the next thing i have to do um and do well and then that's going to lead to the thing after that yeah and i just don't allow these moments into my life for better or for worse whatever the fuck right uh, but this was a moment I actually stopped. I was like, I'm running a program, and now I had to take 20 minutes to go talk to Chavo Guerrero because I got an A24 advanced screening link, and I'm going to interview him for my column that runs every week. That's dope. Yeah, and I was I was impressed with myself. I took a moment. I took a breath. And I was like, wow, my life's pretty fucking cool. You should be honestly. You did a you did a very great job. I think the main thing that stuck out to me is how comfortable he was in the conversation back and forth. Like you can tell when somebody's like, "Oh, here we go, one of these interviews." But it seemed like he was having a good time. Like if he didn't have a time limit, you guys would have ended up talking for like God knows how long. Oh yeah, I could have talked to him like for another hour, and he. I mean, we got shut down. Yeah, and he still like he didn't even like flinch. He he got because he got the same message I did. 
Mm-hmm. And he just kept talking to me. Like we went over like five minutes over. Wow. And he, you know, he just kept talking to me and we could have talked for longer and longer and longer. Um, and it was most of my questions circled around him as a coach mm-hmm. and him as the guy uh, of, of bringing pro wrestling into Hollywood. Cause the two biggest pro wrestling um, Hollywood productions of the past five years have been glow and the iron claw. Yeah. And both featured Chavo Guerrero as a coach and a consultant. Right. Which makes sense when you think about where his family's lineage comes from. I mean, the, the Guerrero, like if you think about the Guerrero, like name and lineage in wrestling, it's like, it's seen as like, Eddie is one of the best in-ring workers possibly ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you look at some of those people and the people that have been with them, it, it makes it set. Like, even Chavo, the thing that's me with Chavo was Chavo just didn't have the Eddie personality, but that's a personality that's once in a lifetime. But to take the humility of, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not going to be the greatest professor of all time and find his own lane. Like, he stepped away from wrestling when he still could have wrestled, for sure. When he talks about that in the interview as well. He goes, when I walked away from wrestling, I had to figure out what was next for me, but I... I stepped away because I wanted to find something greater. Yeah. I think also, I've always said this. Everybody wants to be the cigar of the show. Everybody wants to be the main star. Like, everybody wants to be the greatest. They want to be. Sometimes you do have to realize you're not going to be the greatest at everything that you want to be. And sometimes you may have to find where your route may be. A lot of people want to be musicians that want to be, that want to be like the lead artist. Maybe your job is an engineer. Maybe your job is like a writer. Maybe it's something in the back. It's not a bad thing. You're still going to get your credit. You're still working in your field. You just have to find the route that works for you. For him, coaching in Hollywood, it's still in the wrestling field. It's still something great. It's just a lane that belongs to him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I think that's something amazing because I don't know many other wrestlers who, like, did this for, like, 20 years plus. Because he did it for like close to 20 years plus, if I'm not mistaken. And then went into coaching for Hollywood production. Like, that's big. And I think for wrestling, these avenues being widened is so important. Because, like, now guys don't have to sacrifice their bodies and travel 300 days a year and do indie shows in a fucking uh, armory in order Mm -hmm. to prove their point. Like, Chavo is... And it's something I talked about at the end. It's like, what about this pressure of being the guy and and carrying the sport into the mainstream? And the more he does that, the wider this road becomes and the more people can take care, the more professional wrestlers can take care of their bodies and find happiness and fulfillment in pro wrestling while not necessarily being a fucking pro wrestler. Exactly. You know who I could see doing that? Ziggler. Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. That would be so perfect for him. I, I feel like that's perfect for him. Like I, I feel mean, like he's already got. The, I mean, Ryan Emmett is in the Iron Claw. His brother is mm-hmm. in the Iron Claw. Um, but real quick, what one? Th- what's something that you took away from him that like you feel like you learned during that conversation? Even though it's not like the longest conversation, but I feel like there's so many things in like that conversation. Twenty minutes. Um, yeah. In in terms of what? In terms of like as a fan, as a as a interviewer, as a as a person trying to make it in film as a yeah 
Nisei, all the above. I want to say something maybe in either category. Maybe as a fan who also sees something from the dynamic of wrestling in the mainstream or re- like wrestling being filmed in a mainstream way, like in a movie. Like what is something that you may have taken from him there? Maybe even as a fan or even coaching wise, like something that he said yeah. on the coach. Oh, so yeah, I'll do I'll do like one of each and I'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, talk, talk about them all. As a fan, I would say the depths of his brilliance mm-hmm. in of being a wrestler and working towards what works as a wrestler. Right. Because he was talking about, he's like, if I'm coaching a wrestler, I'm looking at their footwork. And I can tell the moment they step into the ring if this person knows what they're doing. I always say, I've never been to wrestling school. I've always heard for years, footwork. And I'm like, I would love, like if I wouldn't make, you know, maybe I play Powerball. Who knows? You know, maybe I may have bought a Powerball ticket. If I did, and I win, one, this would be these next two episodes be the end of the podcast. But two, you gotta be in it to win. I would actually go to wrestling school because I want to understand that. Like I've, I've always wanted to understand what they mean by the footwork. But also, it's like I've always been very like I think that's very awesome to see. Like he's like the first thing I look at is their feet. If they get what they're doing, like that's very interesting. Yeah, and like that was really cool for me to think about of this person of like, and and I knew exactly what he was talking about, and I'll transition this into coaching now, um, because I can tell by the way somebody just stands on their skis, their level of ski. Gotcha. Um, and to see like before they even push down the hill, mm-hmm. if I, if I see you click into your skis, I know what level you're at. Gotcha. I know if you're beginning intermediate or expert, and of course there's a wide spectrum inside of that, but yeah. I'm going to know from the moment you click into your skis. Um, do you put on your downhill ski first? How comfortable are you getting into mm-hmm. them? You need to use your poles to balance yourself. And yeah. I think, and like Chavo talking about your footwork and drilling that into them of this is how you need to move in the ring in order to sell yourself as a professional wrestler who's been raised in this business mm-hmm. was so fascinating because he, you know, it's, it's not the moves, right? It's how you're going to make somebody feel. And if you're yeah. going to make somebody feel doubtful about your authenticity, it's never going to work. Yeah. So then as a coach, what I took away was the trust he talked about in, with his athletes. Yeah. With his, with Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White, mm-hmm. who are, I mean, Zach Efron is, you know, an A plus um, celebrity. Jeremy Allen White is right there on the A list tier now, too. Like he's done the bear, he's done shameless, he's worth a, a boatload of money and is definitely pegged as like the next big star in I have Hollywood. To the bear eventually. I'll the bear's amazing. Um, and also like budding young actors who are in their first, um, who are in their first A twenty four Oscar worthy production, and I'm gonna find their names real quick because I don't want to leave. Yeah, go ahead. Out. Um, I just love how this is flow. I just love hearing this because it's the fact of like us fans, we don't get you know. Listen, we 
maybe one, you know, one day. I'm not even gonna say maybe, but one day, we here at Wrestling with Romance will get some of our favorite wrestlers on this goddamn podcast, and we'll be able to interview them. I want that to happen, but to hear you interview a legend, yeah, someone who comes not just a legend himself, but comes from a legendary family, and is coaching people. It's so interesting to hear this. Uh, do you have their names? Yeah, Harris Dickinson is David Von Eric, and Stanley Simmons is Mike Von Eric. Mm-hmm. To take them and be able to establish trust, right, and then be patient. Because he knows he has to turn it something else he talked about in the interview. He knows he has to turn it around quickly. They're under budget and they're under a shooting schedule. But he still needs to lead them to water. And then right. they have to drink. Um, he can't say, okay, today we're going to beat our bodies up. He has to make them confident enough that they bring it up. And that they're willing to do it. And they're willing to try these things. Because right. they wrestled full matches. That is nuts. I had heard him say like say that in another interview about like they did full matches, and I'm like, that sounds fucking exhausting. Yeah, they all of them wrestled full matches, and then they edited what they want out of it. Mm. So they're taking a lot of bumps. They're taking a. They're putting in a lot of fucking effort. That makes sense because um, the guy from the beer, what's his name again? Jeremy. Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy Allen White was talking about his appreciation now for wrestling. Yeah. And it makes sense if they're doing full matches because you are understanding everything, the cardio, the work, everything that they got to do to make a match come together, and it's nonstop. And he said in his other productions, they were just shooting, like, their segments, like 30 seconds Mm -hmm. here, 15 seconds here, the finish there. Um, and that this one was special in that they were doing full matches. Mm. So as a coach, thinking about how the the psychology of coaching that mm. I perhaps shouldn't push my athletes so hard, right? That I should have more patience with them. That I should yeah. have them trust me. And then have them come to me and be like, okay, I'm ready to move, progress and move on to the next thing. I can see that. For yeah. sure. For sure can see that. Man. Yeah. I agree, man. That's so fucking awesome, dude. I, I, I can't say it enough. One, how excited I was when you told me that you was getting that opportunity. I was super excited. And then two, once again, amazing job that you <laughs> did in that interview. Um, I do want you to plug it where people can find it. Check it out on the AspenTimes.com. Um, it's the Iron Claw. You can just search that up. It came out a few days ago. Um, we had like an ac- Academy screenings, screenings, uh, and we got an early showing of it in the Aspen Isis Theater. Mm-hmm. And but I got it uh, an advanced screening link. Sent to me by A24. I'm now going to sell an A24 email to a bunch of desperate NYU kids. And there goes our podcast. <laughs> A24 is going to be suing me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and um, 
yeah, you can check it out, AskMeTimes.com, and I hope to get the full – because I am really proud of it. I am yeah. really proud of the interview, so I'm going to be pretty bummed if I can't do anything with it, right. if I can't um, publish it somewhere in full. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep leaning onto my editor until she fucking breaks and lets me publish it. If not in full, at least, like, my favorite parts of it. Yeah. Because I because like technically I am freelance. Technically it's my fucking interview. Hey, it's yeah. your work. Oh it's yeah, it's my work and I'm proud of it. And I had to do like bite quotes, yeah. like little quotes here and there. And there's so much more good stuff in there. And I also did it, so I had to turn it around that same day. So I'm literally writing. I'm literally writing the column on the chairlift in between runs i wish people could have seen that day you know there's certain things i'll never touch this podcast but let me tell you last wednesday was a hall of fame day for jack jack knows exactly what i mean by it's a hall of fame day for jack um jack took like the usain bolt like pose at the end of running the gold medal after yeah. like beating everybody else out by like a long stretch like he's just like ah just like I sprinted a marathon that day. You sprinted a marathon and you celebrated like you sprinted three. <laughs> um, also, uh, what's your well? Since you've seen the movie and yeah. you um, you reviewed it, what's your thoughts on Iron Claw? Before we get to our bookings, it's something I really i've I've gone back and forth with. So the movie itself is yeah. very good. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw like an 8.2 out of 10 out there. That's a good um, situation. Yeah. Like I don't, it's not going to make like my top five of the year. It might, might make my top 10. Okay. Um, and I've been saying what made me happiest is I've been saying for a long time that Zac Efron is a really, really good actor. Mm. And this proved without a shadow of a doubt, the kid's a goddamn thespian. He... Like it's like he made the high school musicals right. and we held it against him for the rest of his life. Because That's he, fair. That's like fair. he did um We Are Your Friends, which is never seen it. Underrated movie from 2015, okay. where he plays a DJ, uh like an aspiring DJ, and it's really, really well done. It's a yeah. it's a very good, interesting movie that smuggles in some dramatic, sad themes in what's ultimately like um, a pop culture treasure where, you know, you have like celebrity DJs popping in and it's fun and Zac Efron parties, but it's, it is a very well done film and it didn't hit. Like, I don't think it made money or if at the very least it didn't make much money and it didn't mm -hmm. get much acclaim because nobody was ever going to take him seriously, which is so fucking unfortunate. And then he pops up in Beach Bum in 20... Um, that movie sounds so good. Did that Spring Break type of like... Movie? Same director. Uh, okay. Harmony Corinne. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, it's very much a Harmony movie. Um, too. Uh, but he plays a... Um, like Matthew McConaughey runs into him for like 15 minutes. And they like party together, but Zach Efron again amazing in it. He plays kind of like 
you know, the trashy king of his trashy Florida town. Got you. And he's ripping a vape and he has ridiculous facial hair. And he's so good in that role. He completely loses himself in that role. Like, he's not playing Zac Efron as a trashy Florida king. He yeah. is the trashy Florida king. And I guess you can apply that to here. First of all, the size he got on. Uh, he had to be used to the gills. And, like, you still need to work out really hard to get to that. Sorry. Allegedly, he was a, a juice to the game. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and you still have to work out really hard in order to get that physique. Yeah. Um. So, like, kudos to him for doing that. Um, Kevin Von Erich? Yeah. Okay. And he's, um... And, the, he's a, and this proves he's a fucking thespian. Mm. Okay. There's one scene... Um, in particular, towards the end, that if you've seen it, you know, and if you haven't, you'll recognize it, where he's able to convey so much emotion in just a look. Like, no dialogue, just in his mannerisms, in his body, uh, in his physical chemistry, and the pain, the depthful pain inside of his eyes. He's a fucking thespian. So that made me really happy to see. Um, what was hardest for me to separate is like the truth of the story. And I had to, because it's not really accurate. In fact, it's pretty far off. And I'm fine with yeah. that. I, you know, you have to pick a story to tell in a movie. You can't tell the whole story. I mean, I had seen a tweet that kind of goes with this, but someone was like, they didn't know about the Von Eric story. So they went to see Iron Claw. But then when they came out, they found out that the story is actually much more sad. And they were like, what do you mean? Like they put up yeah. like, they put up yeah, like, what, that do tweet. what do you mean that it's sadder than what I just saw? This is already tragic. But what do you mean? It only gets fucking worse. <laughs> yeah, it is just like, I had to think about that when I thought about it. I was like, I don't know if you could make a movie as truly on detail as tragic as that story really is. Well, what really made me sad is that Chris Von Eric yeah. spent his whole it. life in the shadow of his brothers and right. constantly concerned that he would never live up to the Von Eric family name and he would be forgotten about. And then they leave him out of the fucking movie entirely. They pretended like he didn't exist. They pretended yeah. like he was even like he was never even born. I heard about that, and now it's just like that sounds fucking wild. Yeah, so like that made me like I was like that sucks. Like objectively, yeah. that sucks. Right, and not just like like I feel artistically, I think it's a bad choice, and then ethically, I feel like it's really awful to do to pretend like he never existed at all. Right. Um, and then I think also leaving out Lance. Von Eric and the dad who tried to invent a brother uh, yeah. is also and leaving out that story that I think was artistically a poor choice. Like I think that could have really helped filled out fill out the. But character. wait, I thought the character that MJ played, even though it's like not even fully seen, isn't he playing the the the, the cousin or whatever the brother that they try to make? Yeah, but like it's never they shot really a lot more of it and they cut it out entirely. Yeah. He's in so it. it's more they, of an like, editing thing. Yes. They shot it and okay. then they got rid of it. Like uh Kevin is tagging with him. Right. Um but 
it's not really seen at all. Um, gotcha, gotcha. And I thought that would be really cool to see and also add more um, artistic mm-hmm. integrity and depth to the film. And right. so knowing all that, I had to separate it from the movie I actually saw because I can only critique and judge the movie that was made. Right. Um, and there's some problems with it. It's melodramatic at times. Uh, I thought the... Um, let me find Holt McCallany, who I actually have enjoyed his work before. Mm-hmm. He plays the dad, Fritz von Eric. I thought he kind of sucked. Okay. Um, so there's issues there, but <laughs> overall, a really good movie that I think everybody should go and see. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's a must watch. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to wait because it's supposed to come on streaming, if I'm not mistaken, because A24 and Max have a deal together. So yeah. it's supposed to become on streaming, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to do that or if I want to see it in theaters. I mean, I don't know about streaming because I have a screening link personal for me. So, you know, good luck, everybody else, I guess. Go fuck yourself, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> don't flex on us, all right? Uh, speaking of flexing, let's do our fucking, uh, let's, let, let me do my bonkers pro wrestling. Uh, Yay! Okay. And just like that, we are done with part one. Part two will be dropping January 10th. But next week, Wednesday, you can hear our best of 2023, as as well as our predictions of 2024, as well as our very bold predictions of 2024. Remember to follow us on Wrestling With Romance on Instagram. And you can also follow us on on Twitter, Romance Podcast. Romance is spelled with a W. Thank you. You guys have a great evening. Great day. Make sure you have a happy, safe New Year's. See you guys in 2024. Peace.